everybody. Welcome to Whistle While You Work podcast. This is episode 35, Top 5 Roller Coasters at Disney World. Hey, this is fun stuff. Um, we don't do a lot of like ranking things, do we? Um, It's been a while. I feel like we have done some in the past, but uh, I, I don't know. I think sometimes you just kind of have to put it out there and say this is the best and this one's not as the best. Not as the best. Well, yeah, not as the best. Not as the best uh, gets you the hate mail. People are like, yeah. I can't believe you didn't like my stuff. <laughs> as if they made it, right? Yeah, my stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm i actually kind of excited to do this because I feel like, I feel like I'm going to be able to stir up a little bit of controversy. Maybe with you. Right, because I... I don't know how you came up with only five because there's at least seven that I would I would have made a list of seven. So I'm going to be well, very interested to see what's not on there. I actually wrote down eight. So but, you know, there's a cutoff at five. We'll give some honorable mentions, I think, at the end. But, uh, you know, I had to list them all out so that I could know which ones were the top five. OK, I just thought of another one. I'm typing it on my list. What? <laughs> So should we clarify that when we talk about roller coasters, we're talking about something on a track? Yeah, we're talking about actual roller coasters, right? We're not talking about roller coaster-like. We're talking about actual roller coasters. And so all of the ones that I have on here are things that are on a track, right? Um, now, that doesn't have to necessarily be a rail track, like like the two tubes and stuff like that I think it's just got to be it's got to be on a track oh well I was thinking of the two two rails so this will be interesting to well see it could what be happens. like it could be a single thing right like holding in like a monorail that's all I can think of yeah well we'll see it doesn't matter though the one that I'm thinking of here actually doesn't make my top five so I'm just it's pointless okay all right let's let's do it let's dive in Okay, I have a couple of things though. First, it is exactly a month until our trip, and I am just like, I just want to like clap my hands and jump up and down. Like I was checking our flight time this morning, even though it's a month away. I was like, okay, what time is it? You guys, we're going out at five oh five a.m. <laughs> That's so early. I don't even, I I don't know how we're gonna handle that. But well, we do lose an hour, right? So we're gonna. We're going to jump, jump ahead an hour. So it'll yeah. be like 6 a.m. Florida time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I guess I ha- I'll have to just start switching my mindset to this is actually six o'clock in the morning. Um, okay. I have one more thing to say about roller coasters. So when we took our kids when they were really little, um, we... I, I did a lot of preparation and wanted to make sure we had like a good touring plan and we had a good plan of action because I was still pretty new, especially taking kids. Um, and so I remember like not planning on doing Space Mountain. And I remember you're like, what? Well, of course you're doing Space Mountain. And I was like, it doesn't fit in the touring plan. Like, how are we going to make it work? <laughs> and I I, I just I just have to, have to share my experience. <laughs> I grew up not liking roller coasters and I was too scared to do them. I mean, I did do some of them from peer pressure, but I didn't do a lot of them. So I was like, no, we'll just do all the kids rides this time. But I have to say after a little while, I was 
I was feeling a little wah wah, like I need some more action and adventure. And it's just so funny to watch my evolution over the years and how like I love all the roller coasters now. I I should be a little hesitant because I haven't done Velocicoaster yet. And so that <laughs> seems scary. Um, but you've lived to tell the t- tell the tale, so well, I'll just say I don't remember this at all. Of course, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't remember the point where you had even suggested that we would not go on Space Mountain. Um, so it seems like that's something that ought to have stuck out in my memory, but it 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 did not. It does not. Um, but yeah, like I think part of the experience is, is that, and this is something that everybody should remember that. When you go to Disney World, like it's for everybody. It's yeah. not just for your children. And I think that's one of the I think it's one of the things and especially maybe I think um teenagers start to worry a little bit about like continuing to like Disney World so that they grow up liking it. Some of them start to worry about, "Oh, now I got to I got to move over to Universal. I can't like Disney anymore because it's for little kids." Look, that is not true. There's some incredible stuff at Disney World, and there's some incredible coasters there that definitely make it worth your while, no matter what age you are, right? What did Walt say? It's fun for age 9 to 99 or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I will say that it, you know, we did start doing roller coasters that first trip, even though it wasn't in my plan. <laughs> um, And... We really did learn the rider swap experience. So why don't you explain that briefly, like how that works? And if you, that was back in the day when you had a fast pass for yeah. like your whole group, but you showed up to the ride and you had two kids that weren't tall enough. That kind yeah. Of and stuff. so, so let me tell you a little bit about what a rider swap is with a disclaimer. The disclaimer is we haven't done this in years, right? Yes. But yeah. But the practice and the concept um, remains. The same. So if some of the particular technical aspects of how it work have changed on a ride by ride basis, just know this. If you are uh, at an attraction and you have a child with you who does not meet the minimum height requirement, that doesn't mean that you have to just miss the ride while your group waits in line. What they will do actually is they'll allow you to wait in line with your group and or they'll allow your group to go ahead yeah. It depends. And you just, it, it, it's I've at seen the it, inch. Well, it's it both so, ways. Yeah. Usually you don't have to wait in a big long line. You can go just to the main entrance where they check your height. And I feel like that's kind of where you get this stuff. Yeah. It depends on the ride. I'm just telling you that I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it work this way a couple of places and it goes, it's different park by park. Okay. So, but what will happen is your group is going to go ahead and they're actually going to give, uh, they used to at least give you a little pass and it says rider swap. And then when your group gets off the ride, you come and you give it to mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, whoever's been waiting with the, the child that didn't meet the height requirement. And then you basically get to go through what's the equivalent now of the lightning lane and you're going to get to go. They don't let you go straight to the front. You're going to go through with the queue of other people, right? So there's still going to be a little bit of a wait that happens. But the good news is, is that you don't have to wait through the whole thing all by yourself again, right? Twice, yeah. So one of the very first times that we saw how much of an advantage a rider swap was actually was riding Flight of Passage for us. Um, And we rope dropped Animal Kingdom that day. 
and we ended up in Africa. <laughs> that was yeah, we did not. Was. We didn't quite rope. We didn't rope drop early enough, but we were there pretty early. But yeah, we we were there when the park opened, but we should have been there an hour earlier, right? So that we could have been closer to the front. Anyways, we we ended up in Africa. It was a three hour wait. And in fact, it was like almost two hours just to get up to the point where you could measure the child's height. Okay, and at that point, that's when we found out that our youngest, frankly, was not tall enough to go. And we kind of know that, like there, and we'll kind of go through this as we talk about some of the rides. Like they do tell you, you can look it up; it's very well published, like the height. So your biggest uh, point of sadness is going to be for that child who's looking forward to trying to get on the ride with everybody else and is it going to get to, right? But there is a little bit of relief in the fact that whoever's going to wait with that person is going to be able to go on the ride and they'll be able to take one person with them as well. So they don't have to actually ride it by themselves. And that's that's just really, I think it's a good way of doing it. It's a good perk. They're not going to let you go and take a group of 30 with you, right? It's going to be for a rider swap, it's one person plus one person to ride with them. But um, but it's just a good thing. So we're talking about roller, why are we talk about this? Because we're talking about roller coasters and these roller coasters all have height requirements where yes. if you have small children, age doesn't, rem- doesn't matter. Remember that. You can have, yeah. you can have a, a child who would who ought to be old enough, but might be really short. And that just happens. We we've had a couple of those ourselves, right? So, or you might um, have a very young child that just happens to be a giant. (laughs) Yeah. And so age doesn't matter. It's about the height. And why is it about the height? Because it's about safety. Um, Yeah. Fitting in the seat and the seat. They don't fit in the seat and they don't fit in the restraint well enough. Then it's not safe for them. Yeah. Okay. So Randy has compiled the list. We'll see how much I agree with his list, but let's go. I guess let's start with five. Should we go five to one? Yeah, we're going to count it down. So top five roller coasters. So this is all four parks, just all any roller coaster. Orlando, Florida. Orange County, Florida. (laughs) But isn't it Orange County, uh, California too? So it's... It is. A little confusing. (laughs) Not to me. It's easy to remember. All right. Number five. It is the wildest ride in the wilderness, Big Thunder Mountain. Coming in at number five, Big Thunder Mountain, of course, is in Magic Kingdom. It's in the Frontierland portion of the park. It is an iconic ride because it's got a iconic setup with a big towering mountain there and probably the best intro to getting on a ride there is. Yeah, and the the um the mountains and such there. It's supposed to be after the um I think it's Zion's Park in Utah. Yeah. So, anyway, it's it's done very well. I as we as promised, we were going to give y'all height requirements. So, you, your child needs to be at least 40 inches to do Big Thunder Mountain. So, actually, it might be kind of one of those first roller coasters for a lot of kids. Um Barnstormer, I don't know if we're going to talk about that or not, but that's 35 inches. So that's a really intro roller coaster. Randy's shaking his head. No. <laughs> when I talk about Barnstormer. So here's the thing about Big Thunder Mountain, right? So Big Thunder Mountain, it is a thrill ride. It's a roller coaster, of course. There's some small drops. There's no big drops, okay? So sometimes when you're thinking of roller coasters, you're thinking of those gigantic ones with huge, big, towering drops. There's really only a couple of those um, in all the Disney parks. And, and, and seriously, there's probably not really any at Disney that have huge drops. Now there's some that have some great other parts to the, to the coaster ride, but Big Thunder Mountain is not one of those. However, pro tip 
For the best Big Thunder Mountain experience, you should do two things. You should, one, ride it at nighttime, and two, ride in the very back. And you're going to oh. have... You're going to have the most thrilling experience on the wildest ride in the wilderness, the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I thought you were going to say ride with a small child because then the lap bar, well, I guess the child gets whipped around. But I have that, another pro tip is for me, you kind of have to like, sometimes you want to just like put your feet down and stay still, but sometimes you want to kind of rock left to right. And there's padding on your um, train car so you can kind of you know roll left to right and enjoy because that to me that's like you said it's not the big drops as much but it's the spinning and the you know sudden turns that yeah you go the fastest you'll go the fastest in the back right there is it is faster in the back okay I'm not just it's not just perception like you you're moving along and it's pulling you pretty fast um Here's another pro tip, by the way. Just brace yourself at the very end before you come into the station. (laughs) Be aware there is going to be a moment of whiplash if you're not paying attention right before you disembark. Yeah, sudden stop. That actually is probably the most violent part of the ride, actually, is is (laughs) the stop stop before the The disembarking. But yep. So that's my number five. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I agree. I would definitely put that on my list. That is definitely something I want to do every time. Um, I will say that somebody described it this way and I thought it was a kind of a cool mindset for the ride is that it's imagine like a ghost or like it's like a haunted type of a ride and that kind of ups ups the level of excitement if you think about like a ghost as the conductor or and if you do it at nighttime it really lends itself to that just the way it's lit and things and the smoke and all the stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's do it. I, that, I will say, I don't know if we're going to talk about wait times, um, but I feel like this one might be the most reasonable wait time of any of the roller coasters we're going to list. I don't know what else is on your list, but I feel like you can, especially at nighttime, you can get on there. Um, yeah, I was going to say there's the most variability in wait time, really, right? So there, there are times when the line can be long, but what's really interesting about Big Thunder Mountain is for as long as there might be a 60 plus minute wait time during the day, there will also be an equal amount of like five to 10 minute wait time. During yeah. the day. It's very strange rope, how it If you rope works. drop it, if you rope drop it, you could probably go right on. And, and I think fact, part of it in is. In fact, you could probably go on more than once if you rope drop it. We've done that before. Yeah. We're rope dropping it. We've actually been able to ride it back to back two or maybe even yes. three times within the first 15 minutes of being in the park. That's really cool. Or the end of the day where they don't make you get off because no one else wants to get on. But I will say one more thing. I think you can get those short wait times because they load so many people at once. Like they put a ton of people on that train. Plus there's two tracks and two trains. So anyway, if you're like, okay, I want to do a roller coaster, but I'm not up for a wait and I don't want to play Genie Plus. That's what I would recommend. Okay. So is this just my list or is it, I thought you don't have a list? No, I, I, I was going to rely on your list. (laughs) We are going to have some controversy here. Okay, good. All right. Well, very good. Staying in the magic (laughs) kingdom. (laughs) Sorry, listeners. We are prepared and very well planned here. I might be sleeping on the couch tonight. (laughs) Staying in the magic kingdom, right? Um, on the complete opposite side of the park, actually, is the 
I think one of the other most iconic scenes, right? So it's Barnes it, has got to be Barnstormer. It's definitely the Barnstormer. It's not the Barnstormer. <laughs> it's the opposite I think end. If, I think if you if you ever think about the Magic Kingdom Park and you just think about looking at it and like what stands out, there's a couple things that obviously are iconic. Cinderella Castle is one. Okay. Um, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, I think are, are a couple others. They're tall. You can see them, right? But the other one, the one that you notice the most before you even get inside is Space Mountain, right? And I grew up this probably being one of my favorite rides, if not one, the, the favorite ride. But uh, And you kicked off the story where I guess maybe I was a little concerned about our plan. <laughs> But Space you mean Mountain, my, I, you mean my plan? <laughs> yeah, your plan. Yeah, but Space Mountain, I love Space Mountain. I think it's, I think it's so cool. It's so unique, um, and so coming in at number four for me is Space Mountain. Well, in my defense, going back to the planning, I've, I, I love my children, and I've wanted this job, but I have been planning for me and small people for a very long time. So I've learned that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So I wasn't going to take our Disney World experience and not go in with a plan. I just didn't think that Space Mountain was that important. (laughs) Yeah, it's super important. These people don't care about that. They just want to know why it's number four. So I think one of the reasons number four, I I think you're right. I don't think you can see Big Thunder Mountain or Space Mountain from outside of the park. You see Splash Mountain and you can see Cinderella Castle. I think I don't think you can see the other ones, and so I think you you can totally see Space Mountain from outside. What do you mean? No, no, no. I said Splash Mountain and uh, Big Thunder Mountain. You cannot see outside of the park. Yeah, yeah. You said Space Mountain for a second too, but that's that. But that's okay. (laughs) Maybe 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 my headphones. Maybe there's someone else talking to my headphones. I don't know. Yeah, right. But yes, Space Mountain and Cinderella Castle is really all you can see. So it's super iconic. it's a ride in the dark. Did you already mention that? I did not. I didn't really talk about the ride itself other than that it's awesome. Well, and I will say, so going back to Big Thunder Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain is actually a long roller coaster. Like it, yeah. it, it lasts a long time. And I feel like Space Mountain is also one that's it. It You don't feel like, oh, my gosh, I waited in all this line and it's over. Yeah. Um, I think for me, one of the fa- my favorite parts of that ride is right after the photo op at the beginning you climb up and they're like T minus 20 seconds till blast off. And it takes you 20, 20 seconds to get to the top. Like, you know, they click, 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 click. And I like that about a roller coaster. Maybe that's old fashioned, but I like the click, 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 you know, the feeling and the sound as you're going up. And then the other thing about Space Mountain is you're one by one by one. So like you're, you're in a rocket ship and it feels like you're in a rocket ship. And then you can see the other track next to you where they're going up up as well ready to blast off and then sometimes you can see the people mover um when you're when you're taking off at the beginning so yeah i love that i love that part of the ride i mean of course you know the stars and actually going around and flying is pretty cool too yeah so so a few things about space mountain number one okay so children have to be 44 inches tall so so this is this is a bigger ride than than big thunder mountain um they describe it as having big drops but remember i said i don't really think there's any big drops right um but there's some medium-sized drops definitely bigger drops than what you find at big thunder mountain um a couple things though there's two tracks here at space mountain 
in the Magic Kingdom, and they're they're not the same. Okay, no. so it's it, it, and in fact, I'll be honest, I don't think they're anything like each other, other than the fact that they're both in the dark. Um, one is called Alpha, and the other is called Omega. And I prefer the Alpha track to the Omega track. I feel like Alpha is faster. It's got some bigger drops. But what's really cool is when you go through the queue to get there. And by the way, the queue used to be a lot cooler than it is now. But but it's still a, it's it's still a neat queue because you're going basically what looks like through a, a spaceport as you get ready to to board your rocket ship, right? They used to have all sorts of interactive stuff and games and, and things that you could play while you're in line. So if you're going through and you see all these video screens as you're going, there used to be a purpose for them. Now there's less of a purpose. That's okay. But you go through and you don't know until the end whether you're getting on Alpha or Omega. The cast members just assigning different people according to how the, the queue is going and what the loads look like. And so um, most of the time, I feel like you end up in Alpha and I think sometimes they're kind of reserving Omega maybe for lightning lanes or whatever lately is what I've seen, but you just don't know. So it could be a different ride each time you experience it. And that means you should probably try and go more than once. Um, I agree. And I think it, it can be a little confusing. It's not like Mission Space and Epcot where there's a red or a green and a orange or whatever with two different intensity levels. That's not what this is. It's yeah. just a, a different, a little bit of a different track experience, but a lot of the similarities. I will say another cool part about the roller coaster or this, you know, this um, attraction itself is when you leave the ride, like it takes a while to get out. You got to leave the starport, right? And I just think it's cool. You got these long um, hallways and you kind of, kind of helps you get reoriented after the craziness of the ride. Um, but there's some cool stuff to look at on the way out. Like, I feel like you go pack, past the Jetsons kitchen. I know it's not that, but yeah, it feels like it the Jetsons. Of too. Yeah. <laughs> Rosie, where's my pizza? Oh, um, uh, two last things I'll say about space mountain. One is, um, that it is original to the magic kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is, so it's now in, I think it's 46th year. So it's been around for a really, really long time. And I feel like as you go through it, you wouldn't necessarily expect it to be as old as it is, right? You talk about this is a roller coaster that's almost 50 years old at this point, but it doesn't feel like a 50-year-old roller coaster to me. Yeah, um, yeah. I think they've done a good job. It is very different from the Disneyland version. We talked about this a couple of episodes ago and we, we did our Disney pod, Disneyland uh, trip report, right, um, where you don't have you know, in seat music, you don't, in fact, there's sometimes there's no music at all. Um, it just depends on what's going on at that given time. You're writing single filed or you're not side by side. So it's, it's, it's very different from the Disneyland version, but I think it's still awesome. And the last thing I'll say is I did mention, you know, the queue is not as fun as it used to be. However, in the vein of progress, right, there is an app called play Disney and it's, it's, or Disney parks player. I can't remember it, but it's play Um, and there is a space mountain specific game that you get to play while you're waiting in line. And with the very end, before you get to go on, you can actually see what's going on. If you look at the roof, right? Because uh, at a certain point, a multiplayer match takes place where you are racing and you're going around against other people who are also playing at the same time. You can actually see what's going on with your particular ship up there. It's really kind of neat. Oh my gosh. I want to do that. I don't remember. I know I've seen our kids use the play app some, but that sounds 
that sounds like that would make the experience even cooler. All right. What, where, which uh, roller coaster are we riding next? Okay. Coming in at number three, we are leaving the Magic Kingdom and we are going to the Animal Kingdom. <laughs> Interesting. And I we didn't are think going it would to, rank that low. We're going to explore the legend of the Forbidden Mountain. It is Expedition Everest. And in fact, I wore my Everest t shirt for this podcast just for that purpose. Yep. Meet me at base camp. <laughs> This is, I I hope I'm not misquoting it because I've said it a lot, but I feel like this is the single most expensive ride, roller coaster ride in the world. They spent a lot of money to make Expedition Everest. I believe that. I believe that could be true. I mean, just if you just think about the, the mountain itself and all of the um, yeah. art and architecture and everything that went into just making that... Um, gorgeous beautiful i would definitely you know we we go back and forth on flame tree barbecue and eating over there but it is an amazing view of um mount everest yeah um one of the things that's really cool about it um by the way i'm looking up right now the most expensive well i was going to tell you though earlier you talked about big drops and i know that Yes, Universal has really big drops, but this, yeah, I believe, right. is it, this is the biggest drop um, at at Disney World is the drop at Expedition Everest. Yeah, and it, it comes is. At a, it comes at a time you don't expect it. You kind of think, yeah, you you think it's coming at one point, and then yeah, you're like, at the oh. beginning, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I was right with my statistics. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, I just I pulled this up here real fast. By the way, it's not even close. Um, the number two coaster in the world is called the Steel Dragon. It's in Japan at the Nagashima Spa Land Amusement Park, right? Um, and it costs $52 million to build. Expedition Everest costs more than $100 million just this one ride attraction alone. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, incredible. That was, and 1998 is when they opened the park, so... I don't even know what and, that would be. Uh, well, and this came in, by the way, and so just so you know that it's really true, in 2011, um, it it took the Guinness World Record for most expensive roller coaster, and that has not been beaten yet. So that's kind of cool. Um, another thing that's really cool about it, though, so you think it's not the only record that it has. Um, Expedition Everest also happens to be the highest point in the state of Florida. So the summit of Mount Everest itself there on the ride actually is the tallest point in the state of Florida. I don't remember where I, I read that I want to say at. it was like 1,998 or something to do with 1998 when it was built. And I think it's barely short enough that they don't have to put stuff have up to put, for, yeah, for, for airplanes. airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was going to say real quick, as far as a height requirement for Expedition Everest, it's also 44 inches like Space Mountain. So yeah. So totally a thrill ride. Um, also at times it's a dark ride. So there's parts of the ride that you're going through the mountain and it's very dark. By the way, really cool thing about Everest. It doesn't just go forwards. There's also a portion of it where you're going backwards. Yes. And people think that you're going upside down because at one point it does feel like it. But I do not believe that it's actually an inversion. People think that it feels like an inversion, but it's not. There is yeah. a part where I do feel a little lightheaded. <laughs> yeah. 
Look, Everest is one where after we get off, especially if I do it twice in a row, I'm like, I got to get a Sprite. Yeah, (laughs) I got to settle my stomach down like it. I think that this is a this is a pretty intense roller coaster and probably has to do with the portion where you're going backwards, honestly. Yeah. You guys, it's such a good ride. Like. And I so I've gone on trips where people are a little bit trepidatious about roller coasters and I feel a little bad, like kind of peer pressuring them onto it. But it is so beautiful like especially the beginning as you're outdoors and you're looking at the trees and you're looking at the beautiful mountain and there's a waterfall it's amazing it's so it it can be very peaceful now the whole ride is not peaceful but I think it's beautiful well and there's um before you even get on the queue I think is so much fun right like you're going through these kind of like you know pre-expedition huts or whatever like that in the Himalayas and there's some cool things in there by the way um you know there's certain parts of the park where if you're wearing your magic band it can locate you and it can make you part of the queue expedition Everest is the same thing as you're going through the queue you'll see a couple of video screens at a certain part and they're given what look like just generic advertisements but if you watch long enough, you may find your name has been included in those advertisements. I just think that's some of the magic of how they're able to really make you part of the whole experience from the beginning. Well, yeah, and those huts and the things that are that it's basically the mindset that you are preparing to go on an expedition on Mount Everest. And so you'd have to prep and get all the supplies and and they of course have to give you some historic, true historic facts about Yetis, yeah. right? Yeah. Which yeah. I think is amazing. Like, <laughs> you're in there long enough and you're like, oh my goodness, Yetis are real. Like, this is all legitimate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You totally feel that way. Okay, so two last things that I would say about it, right? Number one, so there is a, and this is part of the reason why the ride up, by the way, is so expensive. But there is an animatronic Yeti and it is broken and it has been broken for years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it, it, when it first opened, this, this Yeti was huge and it would move and move its arms and roar and stuff like that. Um, it's been broken for so long and it's, it's, by the way, it's on their list of things to do and fix, but I think that it is so complex and because it costs so much money that it's a very low priority because they're basically running the B film instead they put some strobe lights where you see it. Then they put some um, screen projection where you get a shadow of it, and that's kind of good enough. But but there is he a yeti me. in the ride. He scares me every time, and I know, like I've done the ride a lot. I'm like, I know it's coming, and the, but no, my brain's like, no, yeah. you're dying. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. I think it's so cool. And then the other thing I'll say, and this is my pro tip for it: Expedition Everest is one of the most beautiful rides because it has a single rider option. <laughs> That makes it beautiful. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes it beautiful. So just like Big Thunder Mountain, um, Expedition Everest has a huge variation in wait times. There, I, And I kid you not, there are times where the park seems it's like ridiculously busy and it's only a 15-minute wait. And then there's times where it feels like the park isn't so busy, but it's like a 60-minute wait. You don't know why. But the single rider line is typically open. And if you don't mind being split up, and by the way, sometimes that's more fun riding with some strangers oh boy. because here we go again because we then hear you get the story to, again grandpa well back in my day <laughs> no i'm just saying it's fun riding sometimes with strangers because you don't know what you're going to get and they're scared and then and then you're there and you're just like man if you just go have a good time um it's more fun for everybody <laughs> i'm going to be on the couch by the end of this episode i don't know what you're talking about 
I'm going to Disney you, World. You, you often do tell the story about sitting with strangers on Expedition Everest. Do I? Yes, and you don't know it. That's why I have to tell you these things. You didn't know that I didn't want to do Space Mountain back on our first trip. <laughs> Where's my hearing aid battery? <laughs> okay, last last thing about Expedition Everest is it's kind of, for me, in the same vein as Big Thunder Mountain. You can get crazy low times, wait times for that ride. So, yes, single rider is super helpful, um, but... It would not be uncommon on some days to have a five or ten minute wait. I think it's the height restriction. I think people are genuinely scared. And then it is pretty intense. So most people would probably only do it once. I well, did I, do it nine times on one trip. And I'll give you an example of that. Right now, okay, it's a Wednesday morning, okay? And it is 11 o'clock in Florida at right now as we are filming this. Um Flight of Passage, also in Animal Kingdom, has a 120-minute wait time. But yep. Expedition Everest right now has a 20-minute wait time. Okay, yes. so I don't know why it is this way. I think maybe part of it is some people are a little intimidated by the big coaster. Okay, I, I don't know. But I promise you that probably in an hour, that wait time, and see, just now while I'm watching this, it just jumped up to 35 minutes. And probably in 20 minutes, it's going to be 60 minutes, and then it's going to go back down. It just goes up and down all day long. So if you don't like the wait time that you see at Everest, just wait a little bit. It'll get better. Or go have fun with some strangers. Oh, gosh. And the single rider line. <laughs> yeah. And I think it is tricky because things are so spread out at Animal Kingdom that you're like, oh, I guess I'll just wait 60 minutes. I don't want to walk back over here. So you kind of have to debate whether your feet are too tired or if you'd rather do some more stuff and come back. Yeah. Okay. What's number two? All I right. Coming know, in at number I, I think two. I know where this is going. You do? Yeah. Coming. All right. Coming in at number two. Coming in at number two is the one ride with some guest stars. They are rock and roll legends. It is Aerosmith and it is rock and roller coaster at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Also in the dark, like Space Mountain. There's a theme here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys, that ride is amazing. And I think I've, I'm grandma in this situation where I've told this many times, but we, um, even though it is a ride in the dark, one time I rode it with my son. We were there for his 15th birthday. And at the end of the, the ride, the lights came on. And then we got stuck and we got trapped. So they had to come rescue us and we had to walk out of the, out of that ride with the lights on and ever since I saw how very tall you go that first launch it's made it scarier for me (laughs) yeah so I'll say this okay this is one of the most intense roller coasters that you'll find um, in the Disney parks it has a couple of uh, inversion loops there um, is there a corkscrew in there even I don't remember. Um, I don't think it's not quite a corkscrew, a full yeah. one. But, but anyways, it's fast um, and it's in the dark. But it's it's OK because you're in a limousine trying to get to the show and Aerosmith yeah. is singing the whole time. Like, it's awesome. We got, back, we got backstage passes. Backstage passes. And you get to stop by Randy's Donuts on the way. It's all good. Oh, my gosh. We literally go through Randy's Donuts, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So this one, if if you're wondering the intensity of it, you need to be 48 inches. And I think this one you have to be taller because there are shoulder restraints. So you just got to make sure that you're really yeah, in there. Yeah, it's, it's those inversion loops, really, and the speed of it, which they go like you, you need to be taller. <laughs> I think it's so fun. The queue um, has you sit there or stand there right by um, the takeoff part and you actually see the you know the takeoff which is super fast and it's so fun when you're there with people that have never done it and they see like how crazy fast the the takeoff is yeah it's a launch and they coaster. get scared yeah 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 <laughs> so it's it's a hydraulic launch coaster it's the it's the first one that they did like this and you go zero to i think it's like 48 miles an hour or something like that in about two seconds and they take your picture immediately so yeah. be ready for it, right? But that's the that's why you do it because the launch is so intense that you get some of the best pictures ever. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, as much as I, as we try to pose for those pictures, sometimes it doesn't always work out because it's it's just such a crazy feeling. And I just that's why it's number two on the list, just because the thrill and the excitement. And this one, it seems less in the dark than Space Mountain to me. I feel like you can see a little bit more in there because just like Rainy Stone, some of those things are lit up. There's a lot of neon going on to kind of, you know, highlight your track. Yeah, and I will say I have been on the very front row for that ride and I didn't like it as much because you can see the track a little bit more so. So if you can, I would recommend not being in the front. Although sometimes people think that it's scarier or cooler to be in the front. I don't think that that's the case for this ride. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think the front of the back are, are equally awesome. Um, I, again, it's another ride where the back probably is a little bit faster um, just because you get that extra momentum. I'm sure there's some sciency physics discussion that could be had about this that would be very boring to me other than knowing, ooh, does it make me feel like I'm going faster? <laughs> Okay, guys, this is probably anticlimactic. You have to know what number one is. Yeah, if you've, been li- if you've been listening at all for the last couple of months, you know that coming in at number one, it's Disney's newest attraction, their biggest thrill. It is the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. You guys, sometimes you hear things and you're like, oh, it's all the hype or, you know, it's just because people want it to be popular or, you know, just... It's not those things. It is actually the number one ride at Disney World. No doubt. No question. I think it's not even close at this point. I'll be dead serious. I really think that what they have created at Cosmic Rewind is so amazing that there is like not just a gap, but a chasm between number one and number two at this point in my mind. Yeah. Because what they did was they were able to take some of the what I like the most thrilling parts of all sorts of different things. And they're really able to seamlessly put it together into one kind of experience where it, it is, by the way, a dark ride, but it's kind of not a dark ride because there's stuff going on. And remember, my rule is I'm not spoiling it this year because I want to give everyone a chance to try and go next year. I'll start really going probably into depth about this, this experience, or maybe, maybe after our November trip, when we ride it another five or 10 times, I don't know. But, um, it is just amazing. It's fast. It's a coaster. It is, uh, but it's not as, it's not like as, 
it's not like Velocicoaster fast, right? The Velocicoaster Universal, their newest coaster is 70 miles an hour. It doesn't, this is not 70 miles an hour. I think it's 40 something. But because of the ride mechanics, again, insert science-y, physics-y language here, <laughs> because of the ride mechanics, like it is every bit as intense, if not more so than what I experienced on the Velocicoaster. Well, and I will say, I don't love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, characters that much. It's not really my flavor. And so I was like, eh, I'm not too excited about this ride. I didn't read much about it. But then I really felt like it wasn't going to be that amazing when it said 42 inches is the height requirement. So remember, Rock and Roller Coaster is 48 inches. So I'm like, wait, only, you only have to be 42 inches. This can't be that intense or that exciting. I was wrong. I was all wrong. <laughs> And even yeah. even my like not loving the characters and stuff, like I feel like it was done well enough that I didn't feel like it was inappropriate or because that's kind of their. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of inappropriate. They're a little. Yeah, they're it's off color sometimes. Um, some cool things about this. This is just cool for me. I, I've ridden it a, a bunch of times now at this point, right? Like three or four. That's a bunch because we got it all in in one trip. Right. So um I think we wrote it twice, but you know, we wrote it twice just the first day. I think we got it four times. We did it twice the first time and then twice the second time we went anyways, but okay. Okay. Um, this is one that some people have complained about because of its intensity, suffering from some motion sickness. Uh, and as most of you probably know, I really suffer badly from motion sickness, right? Like Mission Space Orange is never going to be on the books for me to do ever again. Like I can't, I just physically can't handle it. But I got off this ride and I didn't feel even mildly dizzy at all. Like I feel dizzy when I get off Rock and Roller Coaster. I feel dizzy when I get off Expedition Everest. Those are intense, intense roller coasters. This one I did not. But some people really do. And because of that, there are many, many extra trash cans at the exit when you disembark. <laughs> and there are and, benches and actually. Go, and you have to go downstairs when you leave the ride. You do. Is, you do. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's even benches for you to sit kind of close to those trash cans for people to kind of get their faculties back together. Right. So, yeah, 42 inches. Maybe it doesn't seem like it's going to be that all that. It is all that plus some. It is intense, but it is awesome and you will not regret it. So as far as uh, wait time, unfortunately, this does not fall in the same camp as Expedition Everest or Big Thunder Mountain. You're going to (laughs) wait and you're going to wait digitally. Most uh, that's all that there is right now. There is no standby. Knock on wood, please. No standby quite yet. Um, we are actually big fans of the virtual queue where you wait virtually, you know, and you can go and do other things and then you can go back at your time that they tell you, you could also pay to go on this ride as well. So, yeah. So it's one, it does have an individual lightning lane option, um, with the new variable pricing, it can be expensive. However, I will say this, and it's been, I've been happy to, I've been watching it kind of closely. It has not been the most expensive option so far. Rise of the Resistance continues to be the most expensive individual lightning lane. It's been kind of, you know, peeking in there in the middle. So um, typically between 12 to $15 per person. And so, but yeah, it, it's really neat. The queue is awesome. I mean, 
you you're going to go into a building and it looks like it's just some big huge giant warehouse and you're like what could what could possibly be going on guys yeah. you're just you're not going to be disappointed from the very get go you get to see some cool stuff going on and as you move through the different rooms and the different parts it, it's just man the imagineers nailed it it's so clean cool. too it's so clean in there and smells good <laughs> if that's important yeah. to you okay so i feel like I would agree with your top five. I feel like maybe five would have been Slinky Dog for me and Big Thunder would have been six. I don't know. I I really do like Big Thunder. But I feel like Slinky Dog Dash at Hollywood Studios is an honorable mention we should throw in there. So fun. It it looks, I think some people think it's not that big of a deal because it's in Toy Story Land, but I think it is legitimate roller coaster. Yeah. Pretty cool drops. They actually slow you down as you're dropping, which is kind of fun. I, I love that feeling. Um, Tron is not there yet, so we can't really include it on the list, but it yeah. definitely will be a roller coaster to make the list one day. One day, maybe when it opens. March, coming in March. Also at uh, Magic Kingdom is Barnstormer, which is Goofy's ride. Um, I think it's seconds of it. It's very short, but I do think it is fun. It is. Uh, I think it is a, a small thrill, and it's also know. a small seat. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna say that. And then I think the last one, um, which I guess probably would have actually made my top five, is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I love that ride. It is a roller coaster. It is definitely not as intense as any of the other ones that are on our list, but it is a it is on a track. It's a roller coaster that is super cute. It is short, and there's a very long line. And so I think that and um, Slinky Dog kind of have that long line, like ugh, that feeling of I don't know if I really want to do it. Is it worth the wait? So I don't know. Are there any other? Are those are all I, the honorable I, mentions? I, yeah, I think um, I think that you kind of nailed it right there on both of those. For me, by the way, like I said, my list actually went to eight, but I cut it at five. Six was Slinky, seven was Seven Dwarves. Um, What's eight? And I, uh, well, hold on, but okay. I but the reasons why they're six and seven is is probably exactly that. I think they're they're neither one are quite as thrilling, right? Yeah. Um, seven Dwarves. If that ride was probably twice as long. Um, it probably would be a lot higher because it's a really, really, really good coaster. Yeah. Really good. But literally the the ride itself, I feel, is like 35 seconds, if I'm not mistaken, really close to it. And you're going to wait for an hour and a half to do that. And so I struggle with it. So number eight for me is the one that's not kind of a traditional roller coaster because it doesn't have the rails, but it is a track. And it I think I think it fits in the category of roller coaster. And I call that test track. Yeah, I figured that's so, what you were talking about. I think Test Track's awesome. It's a fast ride. It's it's one of the fastest, right? I think it um, is the fastest ride at Disney. I think that's right. You know, 66 yeah. or 64 miles an hour, something like that. Um, it's just a great experience. Uh, you, you do get to go really, really fast. But it's not the traditional tubular rail track. And so maybe that's why it doesn't quite fit in there. Um, but but Test Track's... It's a high thrill. I mean, it it's is a high thrill. thrill. Yeah, it is a high thrill. There's a lot of interaction, a lot of opportunity to participate and single rider line. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you are filling my cup today. I'm excited to go do some roller coasters. It is in the plan, although I really don't have a touring plan anymore, but it is definitely in the plan, especially now that we mostly only have teenagers <laughs> to do 
lots of roller coasters. It is actually a struggle for me because I like to do, you know, Hall of Presidents and stuff like that from time to time too. And that's really hard for me to convince anyone in my group to do those things with me. But I guess I should blame myself because I do like the thrill as well. So our kids get it naturally from both of us. (laughs) You know, what's going to be really interesting is we're going to, we're going to have our trip here in November and we are going to go to Universal for the first time, all six of us as a family, um, instead of just kind of split off separately and to be able to compare our experiences on roller coasters between, frankly, Universal, what really are truly nothing but thrill experiences versus um, versus what we have at Disney. It'll be really interesting. But I will say I'm excited that that Disney, the Imagineers, are working hard to create thrill experiences that will allow our teenagers to want to keep coming back as teenagers, right? Yeah. To where they don't just say, no, I don't want to go there. Let's go to the other one. Um, we just have to make sure our teenagers actually like us enough. That's I think that's the bigger thing. They're not going to like it too much if we are too excited about it, which is really hard for me. But as long as they like us enough, then they'll want to hang out with us. <laughs> well, at the very least, you know, if they want to come to the park, they can go do their own thing and we'll just have a meal together. Right. But still, that's true. I, but they want to come. Yeah, they want to come. So oh, lots of fun people. All right, guys. Well, let us know if you agree with our top five uh, list or if you would change it around. Um, But go out and and enjoy a thrill. Bye. Bye.